Thank you for joining us this week on The Tongue with Dr. Mike. I'm so glad you're here with us again. Make sure to visit our website, thetonguespeakslife.com, and access all of our most recent podcasts. Join us anywhere you listen to podcasts to hear our podcast from before, and also make sure you're visiting us on Facebook with In My Father's House. Get involved in the conversations and encouragement from everyone as our family continues to grow there, right? Get updates and indications on, on when the new shows will drop and who the guests will be. Uh, Prayercast is on there. Uh, JB delivers his special prayers for believers, and we are instructed to pray for others. Right, Pillars of Heaven is on there. Join that podcast as we welcome special guests each week. And remember that TongueSpeakLife.com, where you can uh, click on and read about Cure International. Right, let's let's talk about Cure International again. Like their mission is from Luke nine two. It it tells us that Jesus sent them out to heal the sick and proclaim the kingdom of God. In response, Cure's mission is to reach and to heal, you know, more children living with disabilities like clubfoot, like bowed leg, cleft lip, untreated burns, hydrocephalus. Uh, you know, they do this through a global network of pediatric surgical hospitals that serve children. So if you don't know about Cure, please go on there, go to the tonguespeedslife.com. Uh, you can donate right to Cure on there. You can also support the tongue with your donations right at the bottom of the page. That goes to support our many missions going on right now, including a Bible for every believer. All donations help support all the goals and missions associated with us. So as our family keeps growing, we want to say welcome back to everyone and God bless you wherever you're listening to this. Uh, thank you again to my new friends in Pakistan who are tuning in. I thank you, God, for the wide reach this program is making and continue to, to, to use us in reaching further and farther uh, than we ever could imagine, right? So today's topic is about seeking truth. So, so what is truth? We know that truth is the true or actual state of a matter, right? It's a, it, it conforms with fact or, or reality. It's, it's a verified or indisputable fact or principle. It's, it's an actuality or an obvious or a accepted fact, right? So as humans, we're always trying to find out what's true. We all want to know what is the actual and absolute correct manner of things. So many things hinder on what we believe to be true or what we hope to be true. Our actions and abilities, our thoughts and concerns, they all want to be around what's the absolute proper and correct revelation. None of us want to be tricked or misled. Think of how many times you said, man, if I only knew that, I would have done this, or I would have taken that way, or I wouldn't have acted this way. You know, Sir Francis Bacon said, knowledge is power. Uh, the more one knows, the more one will be able to control events. And, you know, people for thousands of years have been searching for the truth. So we're going to jump into the Bible and see what it says about the truth. So turn with me back to Old Testament, Psalm 119. We'll start at 153. Look on my suffering and deliver me, for I have not forgotten your law. Defend my cause and redeem me. Preserve my life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek out your decrees. Your compassion, Lord, is great. Preserve my life according to your laws. Many are the foes who persecute me, but I have not turned from your statutes. I look on the faithless with loathing, for they do not obey your word. See how I love your precepts. Preserve my life, Lord, in accordance with your love. All your words are true. 
all your righteous laws are eternal. How awesome that we know that the words of God are true, right? There's no half truth or twisted truth. They're just true. Here we see that, you know, not only are they true, but they're eternal. You know, how many of your friends and loved ones are searching for that truth and you know where it is? It's like you have the treasure map all the time and your friends are looking for that buried treasure. So what, what do they do with the truth? You know, what they do with that is not, that's not up to you. That part's important, right? Your job is to lead them to the truth. Each person has their own decision to make when it comes to, you know, what they believe to be true or what, what they believe not to be true. That's why it's important that we keep praying as well as, you know, you pray for those who are looking for the truth. You pray for wisdom and you pray that they, you help them decipher what is true. Right. So John 8 31 says to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him. We are Abraham's descendants and have not been slaves of anyone. How can they say that we can be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you that I have seen in my father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you're looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. See, this is an eye-opening conversation, right? Jesus is saying that because you're not listening to the truth, then your allegiance holds to a lie. Not just a lie, but you're serving the father of lies. There's an important implication here that those who belong to God hear the truth. Here's the reason for the problem of people accepting to hear from God. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So don't get discouraged, right? This is the reason why those who share the good news and look at you sometimes like you're crazy. The Bible says it's foolish to them right? They need to have that discerning spirit. Our job is to bring the good news to them. What happens after that is the, is the decision that is made personally between them and God, right? John fourteen six says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, that, that, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for every, anything in my name and I will do it. Okay, so this is a principle that for some may cause discussion and debate. Right here, clearly Jesus is telling them that the Father is in him doing his work. He tells us that he will do gr we can do greater things because he's going to the Father. The next part teaches us to ask for things in Jesus' name. And, and at this notion, there comes a lot of discussion. So does that mean that God will grant you anything you ask if, if you ask for it in Jesus' name? Does it mean that asking for all the security cameras at the bank to stop working in Jesus' name so that you can go in there you know, unseen to fix your financial issues? No, of course not, right? Remember that God still has a plan for you and a will for your life. Um, we may ask for something that will hurt us in the long run, that, that God is preventing us from, uh, that we don't know, that you can't see that at that moment. You know, thank God that a couple of times I thought I was really ready for something and asked for it in Jesus' name, uh, you know, that were hidden from me. And, and thank God that was withheld. You know, looking back, what a disaster that would be for me. You know, it's hard in the moment to know what's best for you. Remember that your father knows what's best for his children. John 16, 4. I have told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said, said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me, and he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive me what he will make known to you. Right. So Jesus was instructed. Uh, he's, he's telling us that he had to go away so that the Holy Spirit could be given to us. The most powerful part of this statement was that Jesus says, you know, the prince of this world now stands condemned. Jesus, you know, he shows his extreme victory over the ruler of this world. His victory over the grave and his death is what gives us hope. You know, we are told that the spirit will guide us into all truth. It's the promise that we receive and he will guide us into the truth and we will know that the, 
that that truth has set us free, right? First Timothy two verse one. We'll start uh, a little later into it. I urge then, first of all, with petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings, be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peacefully and quiet lives in the in all goodliness. I'm sorry, in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying and the true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Right. So we're instructed again to pray for all people, for those in authority. That one is particularly difficult for some of us as we, you know, don't support maybe all the people in those positions, especially currently, right? We're still instructed to pray for them so that our days are going to be filled with peace and and quietness, right? Praying for those that we love and and that we know, that's simple. It, It does take a lot of practice and discipline to pray for those in positions of power who are either abusing it or using it shamefully. But our job is to keep praying. Timothy is reminding us again that Jesus paid the ransom for all people and that he's the mediator between man and God. The Lord wants us to be seeking the things of heaven, right? God has unlimited blessings for us to experience as we seek him with a whole heart. Heaven is, you know, loaded with wonder, uh, you know, that we can learn and experience. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. That's Colossians 3.1. You know, Paul tells us not to be given over to the things of this earth, but rather to seek things that are above, to set our minds on things above. Now, now what are those things he alluded to? You know, um, Isaiah 55 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Right, Scripture's filled with the message of seeking God or seeking the Lord. This is an open call for us to seek things above where Christ is seated. You know, clearly God's not only good with us seeking after things of heaven, but we're explicitly encouraged to do so. Right? There, there's so many passages that we can read that are invitations for us to pursue the things of God. First Corinthians 2 says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the, the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. You can see that God wants us to reveal, he wants to reveal things to us through his Spirit. Right. Jesus, when he ascended uh, into heaven, he dispersed gifts. Right. These gifts are given to, you know, to his people to see that God wants us to pursue these things, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophecy. Right. First Corinthians 14, one. Most people don't have a problem with coveting things of the earth, right? Sometimes it's knowing, sometimes it's unknowing. But when it comes to things of heaven, some people will think it's strange just because they're more attuned to this part of the world, right? In this section of the world, they're, they're on earth, so this is what they know. When you love the present world, uh, that is where your affections are set. God wants our affections set on him in pursuit of things in heaven. Colossians 3 says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
So what things does God have for us? I mean, that's pretty broad, right? That totally fits the nature of God because he does not want our, our minds to be limited uh, in what we ask. You know, Jesus told us we can ask anything in his name. Uh, he leaves it broad. It's open. You know, while there's more specific things that we know that God wants us to pursue, you know, God has mysteries. Paul talks about how we are stewards of the mysteries of God or even the mysteries of Christ. Right. The letters that Paul wrote are rich in wisdom, you know, revelation. They're rich in understanding of the things of God, you know, for good reason, uh, through his own experience, he prayed that we would have the same spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know, that's something for us to pursue. Right. Luke 10 says, then the 70 turned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to, to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. Jesus told his disciples that things were revealed to them, but hidden. And, you know, it's hidden from those that are wise in their own eyes, right? You need to have a humble heart to realize that, you know, you want the Lord to reveal to us, you know, that special encounter. Jesus rejoiced when his disciples discovered that authority and that power that they had, you know, as Jesus was empowering them to do the works of God. He rejoiced in spirit, you know, um, Paul affirms this by, you know, when he says that people have a form of religion and deny the power. In other words, you can look real good on the outside, but you have, you have to have that true substance of Christ's power at work in you. You know, discovering your authority in Christ is another aspect of the nature of God that Jesus wants to reveal to us that, you know, he gives us the authority over the power of the devil. Right? Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets, Amos 3.5. There are secrets that God wants to reveal to us, right? When you have a secret, you don't tell anyone you don't want to know. You know, you might tell a secret to a friend or someone close to you that you can trust. It's the same with God. He only shares his secrets with true friends that live close to him. They're the ones that seek his face, that are that are vigilant in prayer and desire more of the eternal, unlimited glory of, uh, available to them, right? The word of God says that he does nothing unless he reveals these things to his servants, the prophets. That's powerful, you know, revealing that God not only wants participation, but he requires participation, you know, from those who are close in, in, in heart and so that he can do his will in the earth. So how close are you to God's heart? That should make you want to get closer, right? You want to get that that secret revealed as we pursue him with a whole heart, right? Gifts of the spirit have been dispersed abroad and are they're available to, you know, to all of us to be attained through pursuit, right? We, we saw a list of the, the gifts of the spirit in the Corinthians, right? They're the words of knowledge, words of wisdom, manifestations of the spirit, the gift of tongues, you know, all these things are eagerly desired and, and sought after because God has made them available to all, right? We are inheritors of the Holy Spirit if we are Christ's, 
through the eternal deposit of the spirit, we have access to a, a ton of gifts, you know, and ma- manifestations of the spirit. You know, these are also the things of God. Not only that, but do you realize, you know, that the tabernacle of Moses was, was patterned after a heavenly tabernacle where Jesus is now the high priest? You know, Hebrews 9 said, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation. That's another example of things above that, you know, you you would love to get a glimpse of that, right? You know, you, you want to seek God for wisdom, for power, for, you know, for the encounters that, that you're, you're waiting to see. Right, Paul's doctrine included encounters with God, where he shares, uh, exp- you know, knowledge of the power of God. He never intended his letters to have the powers and the gifts uh, of God deleted out of them. For, you know, which is the problem we have in many of the religious circles now. Many people take out the power and they dumb down Paul's letters to fit their own comfortable theology. You know, so it doesn't offend anybody. You know men are going to be held accountable for teaching a neutered gospel that's devoid of power, the very things that Paul warned about. You know, imagine taking somebody's letters that are filled with faith and power and twisting them, right? And degrading them down to a level that they become nothing but just dead letters. You know, that's what happens in modern day church, but that's that's another another topic altogether. So, Remember that God has kingdom plans for you. These are plans or or blueprints and wisdom that God wants to reveal to us, right? There's so many things that God wants to show us, you know, the encouragement, and and that should keep you seeking him. Many many times God will show us things that we might not want to see, right? You know, those are unpleasant, but they're still helpful to our lives, whether, you know, they're personal, whether directional. Either way, we need that wisdom of God. We need the leading of his spirit in our lives, you know, that we may live pleasing to him. All these things that God makes available to, uh, available to us help strengthen ourselves, you know, and, and help us knowing God in his fullness. First John 2 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. You know, we're in this world, but we're not of it, right? Love not the world. God wants to deliver us from the pattern of this world and not to be hooked into that system, you know, with the God of this world, right? God wants us linked into the reality of his world, even, you know, like a heaven on earth. He wants to which are affections from the things of this world to the things of heaven. John three ten says, Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? When Jesus spoke to Nicodemus of being born again, Nicodemus, you know, said to him, how can this be? And Jesus responded to him saying, if you don't believe me when I speak of things on the earth, how can you possibly believe me about things of heaven? 
you know if you're so attuned with the things of earth that it chokes out any desire for the things of heaven you know you need to shift your focus that shift uh is super important for you to move forward in the fullness of kingdom living right let's do a couple verses that talk about uh truth first thessalonians says but test everything hold fast what is good john 8 says and you will know the truth the truth will set you free we talked about that second timothy 2 do your best to present yourself to god as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth john 14 says jesus said to him i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me First Timothy 4, until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Second Timothy 3 says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. John 17, and this is eternal life, that you know... Uh, that you know the one and only true God in Christ Jesus whom have sent. John 10, I and the Father are one. Deuteronomy 6 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. John 17 says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Isaiah 44 says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me there is no God. Amen, right? You know, thank you, Father God, for loving us so much that you sent your son to die for us. And because of him, we have that direct path to, you know, the relationship to God the Father, right? And we close everything out. Before I pray, I want to, you know, remind you that, you know, when we read this section and, you know, we talk about the listeners of this podcast, wherever they are in the world, we're, we're connected in one body, in one mind, in one mission, Right. So we pray that God, you know, you guide us as we seek truth and and you help us guide others to the truth. We know that there's only one truth, one direction, one way to get to the Father. I pray for encouragement for those who feel the calling to bring the message of hope to their families, to their friends, to their loved ones, to their circles. I pray for unending strength in their endeavors, for an unmatched resolve in getting their duties fulfilled. I pray you pick up the downtrodden, the weary, the exhausted, the stressed, the worried, the overwhelmed. Fill them with your power and unending desire to fill you know, what they are called to do on this earth. Our time draws closer to the end, so let us stay the course and remain driven to do your work for your glory. I pray that those who are hurting find peace. I pray those who are, are missing are comforted. I pray for those who are tired that they feel rested. I pray for those who are scared to become roaring lions filled with confidence and power. I pray for those who are quiet to be bold. I pray for those who are unnoticed to be noticed. I pray for the brokenhearted that they will be comforted. And lastly, I pray that those who are lost and confused, that they find the truth. Let us guide them all to the light. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. And remember, if you're listening to this, it's not by accident. You're meant to hear this message wherever you are. You know, no matter how you came to hear it, it's meant just for you. Right. You, you know, things in your life are, are going crazy. And, and you, you know, if you need a Bible, reach out to us. It's super simple. And I, I close every podcast with this. The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning the faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved right everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved this is a time where people are seeking the truth more than ever right ask god to come into your life forgive your sins have him guide you seek that truth i challenge you to seek the truth challenge the truth thank you so much and i'll see you next time